Welcome to the Sorting It Out Podcast with your hosts, Caesar and Lauren. In a world where disagreeing has turned into divisiveness in a hugely problematic way, we thought it was worth taking time to practice thinking through multiple sides of an issue without villainizing the other perspective. While we won't tackle some of the toughest topics on this show, we will practice exploring multiple vantage points together as we work through day-to-day issues as they arise. Now, we're not experts, so we expect there to be some laughter, potentially some frustration, but we're really looking to push ourselves to be better listeners, and so we welcome you to join us on this journey as listeners and as conversation contributors. One and a two and three. Welcome, everybody, once more to the Sorting It Out podcast with your hosts, Lauren and Caesar. This is... Podcast number three. Number three. So we are, what's the percentage there from three to 25? We're maybe, we're a little bit over 10%, but less than 20% in. So I would say probably 15% of the way through our New Year's resolution. You're you're the data guy, so I'm going to do your math on that one. We're three in. Uh, We once again thank all of our listeners. If you're, um, you know, listened to our first two episodes or any one of the first two, we appreciate you and uh, appreciate you taking the time. Um, We are, uh, we got some pretty cool topics today, I think, um, from the world of news. Um, We'll just recap a little bit about last week. We we talked about nepotism babies. Uh, I think we sorted out that hey it's the world we live in but you uh if you do make it through that route that own it and also pay it forward there you go own it and pay it forward um and i think that's a good way to sort it out because we all have advantages i think you mentioned your particular advantage and um what's my advantage being so dang smart Uh, That in your humbleness? (laughs) Wow. Nobody's as humble as you. (laughs) Oh, my humility and my my brains. Um, Then we uh, discussed anti-aging science. Uh, We were concerned about the implications, but definitely wanted to extend it to our immediate uh, family members so we can just enjoy more time with them. So a little bit... um, uh, we we, we kind of took the easy route. We didn't actually take a stance, but you have any opinions on it this week? Um, no, I think it's the same. I think it's a very human thing to say, like, yes, I want to benefit from that. But also, I have some concerns at the wider scale. At the wider scale, yeah. yeah. So um, I, want it to, I want it to exist. I want it to be a good thing. I just think it comes with a lot of thought. Yeah. There's risk involved for the, the good of the planet and of all people and of, of all people yeah we discuss we won't get into detail but all the implications of it um on retirement on marriages on um resource allocation um uh there's a fascinating quote i was i was reading about the, the sciences that we are now able to conduct i don't know if that's the right term but our our, our science is so advanced now and it's going to continue um I know you've heard this quote before. It's like, we're so busy asking ourselves how we should do something uh, that we don't stop and ask if we should do something. Should we be doing it? Should we be doing this? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I think that's one of the prime examples of that. We have extended our lifespan already, but I mean, where does it end? Maybe it doesn't end. Um, and then lastly, uh, we said we were okay if our bodies were dead bodies, not <laughs> not live bodies, uh, were thrown into the woods to rot forever, um, but not our ideal. Yeah, not like giving permission or like writing that into our end of life plan. Just like, okay, if that happens, if that happens, here's the bright side. Yeah, yeah. It's environmentally friendly, I think, <laughs> unless there's like poisons that were like coming from our body and seeping into groundwater and it's the opposite. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's opening that box. Uh, yeah, yeah. And we're like, if it has to be, it has to be, but. I prefer another method. Um, but if you're interested in diving into that, uh, episode two uh, can, um, you know, you can dive into it. And if you have questions, you know, feel free to email us. We'll give you the email at the end of this podcast. Nice way to string them along. <laughs> <laughs> On today's podcast, um, we are going to be talking about uh, gender neutral award shows. Just that'll be our opening segment. Uh, an article was just uh, we read a, a, an article about it. Like this is a great topic to sort of to sort it out. Um, and then uh, the plan of California and now ongoing states for the meat and taters. The plan for California to ban all gas powered cars. Well, the sale of gas powered cars by twenty thirty five. So we're going to try to sort out the implications of that. Is it feasible? What does this mean for used car? All of that, we'll try to sort it out. Um, and then, of course, Wyoming, who is taking an opposite tact. <laughs> opposite tactic? Yeah, an opposite tactic. Um, it's just uh, everything uh, has to involve politics, of course. And then uh, for the closing segment, we thought last week was awesome. So we'll try it again this week. The book of questions. Uh, we're just going to open up at random and close out with one of the very thought provoking questions. Uh, what do you have to say about that? Let's do this. Let's do this. Sounds good. Okay. Um, so um, it, about the gender neutral award shows. Um, they are picking up steam and in this day and age of um well how, how the deep conversations we're having about gender you know what is gender gender fluidity uh, uh what folks are born as versus how they identify so it's a very touchy subject already but um there's this ongoing movement for award shows think oscars think emmys think what else mtv awards i say that because i think <laughs> no they were actually one of the one of the first to make this change so they're actually oh really yeah oh you i didn't i didn't know the mtv <laughs> i mean also come on <laughs> I thought you were gonna go with something prestigious. What's next, Nickel Nickelodeon? Hold on. Awards. Saying MTV is not prestigious. <laughs> My heart is offended. I mean, okay, you're right. Uh, these award shows are, I think, superfluous and unnecessary. Uh, but there's a spectrum there, and the MTV <laughs> awards holds its own place. <laughs> all different we don't have to compare them i'm sorry i did not realize that the mtv awards which ones is it the video awards or the movie awards i'm gonna be honest i didn't know there was a different <laughs> mtv awards. remember they had mtv movie awards where they gave out uh, awards for like the best kiss 
Um, I think I do a good job. <laughs> no. Are we, we're going to sort this out right well, now? No, we're not going to sort it out. No, please. Not I in front of you. I agree. You win. You win. <laughs> good. Good save. Okay. Um, but uh, so there's movement about making at least the top awards gender neutral. So, you know, let's say, for example, the Oscars, you got best male lead, best female lead, best male co-star, best female. Uh, most of the other awards are gender neutral, like director or... Uh, producer or whatever um, but it's the like the main individual awards that have been uh, awarded by gender for I don't know how many years I think it used to be one award then folks started like hey there's not enough representation and now uh, they made a two like female and male but now in this day and age where people identify with genders that are not female or male non-binary. or non-binary yes that's the right word non-binary gender fluid what have you um there is now a need like where do you where do those people get awards for example um there was a you know sam smith he he doesn't identify with the gender and he couldn't qualify for some award show because they couldn't put him in a category because you refused. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Couldn't they put refused. them, yeah, in a yeah. in a category. Yeah, and they refused to identify as as one particular gender, um, so they just were not chosen. So now the award shows are trying to figure out how do we handle this. So, so it's a, it's the essence of it seems to be a move towards inclusivity. Yes. Okay. The essence Can of it. Go back to the notes real fast. Sure. Um, so yeah, just to follow up because I wanted to fact check this. So the Grammys were the first to go gender neutral and that was actually back in 2012. And then it was the MTV Movie Awards. So thanks for distinguishing that. MTV Movie Awards followed in 2017 and the Gotham Awards in 2021. Yeah, uh, the Grammys have been, um, gender neutral for at least 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, more and more award shows are shining on, are, are signing on. Um, but uh, an article today on the Brit Awards, um, I think it's Music Awards, but they, they call themselves the Brit Awards, um, just went gender neutral about a year ago. So this might be the second award show. And one of the criticisms of natural or neutral, gender neutral award shows is we're going to go back to the old days where there's very little representation for women. And it's going to actually hurt inclusivity. And what did we see with the gender-neutral Brit Award shows, okay? That, that there were only men who were nominated <laughs> in that top category. But wait, let's, let's go back and um, yes, yes. dissect that a bit. So it's the notion that if you don't have gendered categories, women are less likely to win because... In general, they're not getting the same accolades. They're not getting the same opportunities. Is that what? Is that? How yeah, that that that, that women are less likely to be nominated, and thus less likely to win. Um, that's the that's the criticism um, that we've we've gone so far into inclusivity that we're back at square one, right? Kind of, we did a three six, no, a one eighty, no, three sixty, right where we started. Um, and it, th these Brit award shows 
obviously it's one year could be an anomaly i believe last year adele might have won it so females have won it even in gender neutral but now that it happened we got to discuss it we got to sort it out well it's interesting because it's like if if we're concerned about a change in the award system because we acknowledge that the way that hollywood or the movie and music industry is run is um biased and unfair yeah do we do we say like no keep this same way of recognizing folks because that's the only way that people can get a fair share or do we say like no it's a problem that we can't have a gender neutral category because of the way that people are treated differently by their gender so is the real issue the awards or is it like who who gets set up to be seen and to be honored and to be recognized as worthy of so it's the people it's the people making the nominations. Well, it's the whole industry. Mm-hmm. Like, um, is it the award that's the problem or is it the industry? Oh, yeah. And so whether we change it yeah. or not, what are we doing about the industry? And it's also, I feel like this brings into, um, this takes us into other things. What about race? Like, yeah. I think what, one of the top things that I read about concerns is with this change that there was a thought that black female women in particular yeah. would especially be left out. They're yeah. already left out. Um, and so this change, while it feels like it would be moved towards inclusivity, actually could indeed leave more people out. But I go back, and I, I think that's a valuable point. Um, but what are we doing to make sure that it's not just the award? Like, how do we go back? And I know folks are thinking about this. I'm not the first one to yeah, think about it. Yeah, of course. But that's what, that's what it stands out to me. Um, some other interesting points that I was reading in articles, this was written by Michael Schneider, who's written a couple different yeah. articles about it, but mm-hmm. he pointed out that like awards such as Pulitzer and the Nobel um, Peace Prize, they're not distinguished by gender. It's about your craft. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting. Um, but if we go back and look at those awards, how many are male versus how many are female? Yeah, you're right. So we don't see... Yeah. We don't see a, um, diversity in who wins. Yeah. So then you'll have to either take two sides because they're gender neutral so you have to be a one or two camps and maybe there's more camps if you have additional camps after i mention these camps let me know (laughs) but there's two camps it's either one it's uh an unjust way of voting or nominating um or inequitable or or we let our biases come in or um and this is going to be sort of controversial i do not believe it but you have to subscribe to this if you don't subscribe to the first one that women are less capable of achieving greatness what those would be the only two camps if you uh if you see this playing out in gender neutral award shows i don't believe in that but you what else would be the rationale for why women aren't um being nominated because they're overlooked because people feel threatened that's the first camp i mentioned but but um right i guess it feels like does it is it totally either or Um, it has to be either or it has to be either or either you believe which i do that women are overlooked that there's biases in the voting system that produce these outcomes or what else is there to believe well, I think it goes back to so I think that there are there flaws in the in the way we vote yeah. and nominate for awards. Yeah. Are there also flaws in the way we conduct business? Like genuinely, I don't have the numbers, but genuinely, are there fewer women in the industry in some of these roles to pull from? Because then that maybe it's a flaw in um, 
the award nomination system, but maybe it's more so like, well, there's honestly not as many people getting filtered in because we don't hire. So it's like, is it the awards? Is it the industry itself? Is it mm-hmm. both of those combined? Yeah. Is it also something else? Is there money? Do we have do we have people who um like there is there more money behind certain people winning because then they can be on magazine covers yeah. and they sell and they're just yeah. popular? Is it you know, there could be other things too. Yeah. Well, I like I said, it was gonna be a pretty controversial thing to say. I don't subscribe to that. But I know you don't. um it's in America, uh when you talk about the crime rate and we talk about um uh, people who are incarcerated people of color are overrepresented in that right so why and it kind of is the same thing that we're talking about and now it's a much more severe issue of course but you either have to be believe that the system is somehow rigged against these people where it puts them in positions where crime is a way to get out or um, there's racism and discrimination in our justice system that's producing the results. That's one camp. Or that people of color are more predisposed to committing crime. So now you're saying people of color have criminal tendencies, right? There's no like there's no other camp for that. So you're just dividing it up to either it's the people who are facing the the disparity. It's either their fault or it's not their fault. Those are your camps kind of. It's either it's their like fault. M- multiple yeah. reasons for if it's not their fault, you're pulling in multiple things. Yeah, it's okay. either their now fault. The exactly. And there's no way you could say it's their fault. Like, are you kidding me? People aren't born to be less talented or intelligent or whatever to get these award shows. Like, people aren't born to be more inclined to commit crimes. That's just not a thing. So it has to be a product of the system that is, you know, producing those results. And there's a whole lot of layers in that. Um, and that's what I was trying to say with the award shows, that you can only be in one of those two camps. You can't, there's no middle ground here. You No, there's not middle ground. But I think like one camp is so full of like different pathways of true, like the reason why it's not that women yeah. are not as talented. Yeah. But there's like so many nuances to things that are happening that um, women don't, don't get noticed in the yeah. same way or rewarded in the same way. Yeah. I see what you mean. So, so okay. dividing it between... It's it's something that that group is doing versus it's something that's happening to that group. And yeah, that's why we have this. Exactly. Those are the two camps. Those are the two camps that I, I maybe I wasn't as eloquent in articulating. Um, and if you haven't turned off the podcast, I hope you recognize that I was just trying to make the argument that this is clearly a result of uh, the system that we are operating. When you see award shows that nominate only men, sometimes only white men, if you're in the Oscars and like there's gender neutral awards within the Oscars right now, like, um, screenwriter or director or cinematographer who wins them primarily men and primarily white men. So are you telling me that it's primarily white men who are the most talented individuals or is there something in the system that's producing predominantly white men individuals or or nominees no but i think that's part of sorting it out you said maybe i didn't say it as elegant i don't yeah eloquent i don't think that's what it was at all but it's just you hear a phrase yeah and sometimes we respond to the phrase and like i think part of sorting it out is stopping and saying like wait let me let me understand what you're thinking as opposed to reacting to this phrase 
that I wasn't understanding in the context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I saw you take a stand, but like, did he just say women may be less talented? No, and I know and that wasn't the point. I, yeah. I was just like, how can it just be these two ways? Gotcha. It's okay. This or it's that. It feels like there's a lot of context. But now I understand. Now you, you yeah, you kind of where I'm coming from, and maybe folks like, well, you haven't thought about this, and there could be a middle. But what would be the middle? Then you would still be saying, yeah, part of it is still women not being uh as capable of achieving this right there is you you either have to believe that or you don't um kind of i don't know but maybe well if there's a middle ground hopefully people people will, find it the people will send us a note so we yeah can <laughs> um we got to wrap it up but uh in terms of sorting it out here um we actually didn't discuss what do we believe do we believe gender neutral war shows are a thing we should continue to proceed with or should we i mean or should we, you know, divide it out into, I guess, two different genders? But there are not just two different genders now. Yeah. I, or have I, been. I think because of what I read, um, for for folks who have shared, I saw um, several different articles where people said, I, I am currently excluded. Just like you said with Sam Smith, I do not feel like there's a yeah. category. And so I do think that right now it's exclusive. And we know that from folks who are being excluded. So for that reason, I would say, yes, let's move forward with this, but let's monitor this carefully. Let's start paying attention yeah. to data and really look at processes and see what this shift does. And if it doesn't change things in a more equitable way that truly honors the diversity of talent that exists, yeah. then let's not hold on to that. Well, we changed it. We got to keep it the same. Like, no, yeah. let's let's try this out. I agree. Get some data, understand the impact, and see if that's the way to go. Yeah. I think... You're right. I, I agree with you that we should proceed with trying to eliminate that division in the award shows. We have to monitor it. This could be a one year off thing. But now next year, they'll probably self-correct and make sure that it's more representative. Um, and if not, like they might impose quotas and then we're right back to where we were with non-gender neutral award shows but now there's quotas you have to have x number of females x number of males and x number of non-binary uh artists and is that the way to go with quotas but maybe it is until we as a society unlearn some of our yeah biases like I, i'm like yeah. for me too like i'm thinking of when I think of great actors and actresses, first of all, that's the way I immediately frame it in my yeah, mind. I don't yeah. think of actors and think of gender neutral. So yeah, that's, that's actor and actresses, me too. Yeah. And then I think of, um, oftentimes it's like the box office hits because that's what I remember and that's what other people are talking about. So it stands out to me. So I fall under that same yeah. notion of like, oh, who is popular? Well, who's popular is not necessarily the most talented. It's just who fits this box of being yeah able to be um, marketed well so i so like uh, to me it's like yes we might fall into a direction that's not perfect either but we need something that pushes us to move forward to unlearn some of these just ingrained ways of thinking about who is smart who is attractive who is talented yeah. who deserves to be honored who deserves to be respected yeah it it's going to need um a societal shift on how we evaluate people um we have to really look into our biases and um and just the way we 
view life, I guess. It, it's going to take a lot of unlearning of things for these gender-neutral awards or gender-neutral anything, hiring practices, all of that, even though they should be, right? Um, it, it It's, it's going to be years and years of unlearning behavior that we learned for centuries, maybe even millennia, right? So... And I feel like this will be one of those things that'll be easy for folks to scuff at and be like, oh, we got to be PC everywhere, huh? Yeah. Like, does this really matter? Yeah. But I think that it does because it, it does matter. has a lot of visibility and headlines. And the more yeah. we can practice better thinking, yeah. um, it does matter. It absolutely does matter. Watching, um, you know, if I'm a, if I, if I have a daughter or something, I want her to see that they the talent will be represented in the medium that they want to like i those are role models for younger women um women of color or women that are not of color um so it uh it's just a a representation thing so yeah it's like pc this pc that but it matters for people Mm -hmm. it matters to see themselves represented at the highest levels of entertainment or sports or politics or whatever it matters um just to inspire young younger people um which in this day and age they need it now more than ever okay um so uh that was a little bit longer than the intro but it was very substantive discussion so appreciate that are you are you ready to switch gears now i'm ready i I see what you did there i see what you did there um ironically there are no gears in uh electric vehicles which is why it's so smooth (laughs) (laughs) wait wait the transition and the car wow look at that All right, so yes, uh, switching gears to the meat and taters, the meat and taters of this podcast, talking about uh, electric vehicles and the plan for some states, um, definitely California, but more states are signing on to this, is to ban the sale of gas-powered cars by the year 2035. So 2035 is so striking because that doesn't feel far away. I know. All. No. And I remember actually when we first moved to Tulsa. It's um, as long ago as the election of Barack Obama. So if you think about that, that's 15 years from now. Dang. <laughs> 15 years ago, so Obama. Long. Well, it's like 14 years and 10 months ago, Obama was nominated. Or, or yeah, was became president. Uh, so in another... 15 years oh no actually not even 15 i'm sorry mm-hmm. 12 years <gasps> it's actually bef- oh my goodness my math was wrong look for being a data analyst i certainly am messing up my math today it's less than that you're good at it it's like midway through the first obama term oh my goodness <laughs> well it's interesting because like this when we were reading this this yeah. um still shocked me but i was thinking back to when we first moved to tulsa and i was just going to community meetings to try to meet people yeah i didn't know anyone yet um i went to a meeting where um a gentleman was talking about 
the oil and gas industry and what that means for Oklahoma yeah. and with its history. Yeah. And he he mentioned 2035. Did he? Yeah. And I have to be honest, when I wow. first heard that, I kind of thought like, ooh, that feels um, very short from now. A little a little overly optimistic. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't know. Can we have all the infrastructure in place? Like, is it really yeah. that big of a change? Wow. And here Boom. it is again. 2035. Shame on me for questioning an expert when I knew nothing. Because oh. like this date <laughs> is showing up again. Well, I'm glad you. And that was pre-pandemic. Yeah. So post-pandemic. When, it was pre-pandemic. When, wow. when things are you know yeah. different. There's different time frames for a lot of things still here in this. 2035. Year. Well, the same questions you had are still questions people have particularly around the infrastructure. So we'll get to that, uh, but a little bit more details. So um, California and now I think New York, Massachusetts, Oregon, um, more liberal states are going to sign on to this, right? This idea of banning gas powered cars, the sale of new gas powered cars by 2035, meaning that every New car sold in that state in the year 2035 and on has to be an electric car. Uh, some of them put clauses like it could be a hybrid, um, but it has to have an electrical component. Um, so weaning ourselves off. So, yeah, weaning ourselves. And uh, I think California and some other the other states that uh, are working towards this, um, it's a phase out. So by 2026 they want like 25 percent of all cars being sold to be evs and then like every two years that goes up until you get to 2035 and it's like 100 percent uh a few more details on the uh gas powered car ban um is they're not going to ban the sale of used cars so it's not like oh everyone has to transition over to electric on in 2035 there'll still be plenty of used gas powered cars for sale you just it can't be a new car so it'll be like a phase out mm -hmm. um in some states you will be able to buy a gas powered car and register it in the state but you have to buy the gas powered car outside of the state so so there's going to be car dealerships popping up <laughs> right on the border <laughs> right on the border come get your v8 uh we're still here and we love america or something to that extent um uh it's, uh, big big countries and governing bodies like the UK and the European Union have also um in uh implemented plans to phase out ice cars or ice's internal combustion engine cars so gas powered cars uh by 2030 in the UK and 2035 in the entire European Union so that's kind of cool because we can watch the UK and they have a shorter turnaround yeah time. so we can we'll see how that goes learn. yeah yeah um so let's discuss that i've listed a few areas here to discuss a couple things um so as we sort it out is this a good plan or not such a good plan we got to talk about affordability uh right now electric cars at least the initial upfront cost is about 12 to 15% more expensive than a comparable uh, gas-powered car. Um, Which it, with the, with our economy, with everything mm -hmm. just be costing more, it's not a great time to add a significant cost. A significant cost, cost. yeah. Cost. And, and right now, electric cars are still luxury items for 
most of Americans. It like if you think about the 4K television or Blu-ray players, it's like it starts off really expensive and not really affordable for just the average consumer. That's electric cars, so they need to get to that point um, by 2035, which is possible. I mean, cheap TVs are so cheap now. You can get a, and we're looking at the prices, like 55, 55-inch 4K TV, smart TV for like 250. It was like $2,000 10 years ago. That's so true. just a massive drop. But th- but this makes me think um, the difference between like the TV costs going down and it, there wasn't, you wanted to incentivize because you wanted customers mm-hmm. to buy from you because there was competition. Yeah. But... If you have like no competition from gas, competition, are you are you going to be as incentivized to lower your costs? Because it's like, well, the government's kind of helping people have to move my way, so I don't have to drop my price to catch their attention as much. Like eventually, because they're being forced. But the competition still exists between car manufacturers. Yeah. So there might be, but yes, you're right. They don't have to compete with. But they could the best alternative. They could collude. Yeah. I mean, that's illegal. That's really that's companies really negative of me, but I'm just thinking about the incentive here. If if it's like, well, yeah. everyone's we're trying to move everyone in this direction. I don't. I have less competition. <laughs> I don't have all the gas powered dealers. You, you, you know? Yeah, the, they'll be completely gone. Um, so it just that's that's a I good point to consider. I yeah. could be wrong. Maybe people will be like, no, that's not how we're thinking about this. Um, it's all about the dollars. So whatever's going to get them more dollars is what they'll do. Impact on electric grid. Um, California already has issues with its electrical grid. Uh, in really hot days, uh, they tell people we're going to have some rolling blackouts or shut off this or shut off that to save energy. And now you want all your cars hooked up to the grid? Yeah. Ooh. I wonder how they're thinking about that. They got twelve years to get it together. Solar panels. Uh, I mean, less than twelve years because it's it's a rolling, a situation where every two years they're expecting more and more EVs to be sold. So, uh, like I know Texas is not at least no not on the list. Either way, for for doing anything, but I'm thinking about Texas. Aren't they unique as a state because they have their own their own grid? Yeah, grid, so yeah, that's working out for them would, real well. That would be a really unique situation that if they wanted to. Um, they would have to navigate that probably differently than oh, yeah. other states. So I'd be yeah. interested to see how that plays out too. Um, for some reason, I don't see Texas as one of the states that will sign on to this. Well, I mean, they got a lot of Californians headed in their way. Maybe there That's will be true. a shift. Uh, maybe. In, in their politics? In, yeah. Uh, maybe. Um, but I, we'll discuss, the obviously, the politics of it's ridiculous. But the idea itself, will it work? Um, charging infrastructure, you're going to need more charging stations and then what about the renters or people without garages or people that park in the streets like in chicago yeah yeah where are you gonna charge a car yeah well okay so this also what is the expectation here for folks who currently own gas stations like is it the expectation Mm. that they would just be shifting and putting in charging stations and start selling batteries that you swap out so that Um, they would still be like in the industry it's just changing how they're powering fueling our vehicles or is it like nah they're out and uh, new folks are stepping in um well i guess the government won't have any say about that they'll have to determine that themselves if i were a gas station owner or like someone who owned multiple gas stations 
That's the way that things are going. There's no slowing down this train. We're going to EV. Some states are trying to bring it in sooner than others, but it's happening. So I, I, I would be um, a, a bad business owner if I'm not thinking about how am I going to change my station to accommodate these new electric cars that are coming in. But do they have the profits to be able to invest in the? Oh, I don't know. In like that's what I'm wondering. Like, how are people envisioning this happening? Because would there it's be a government subsidy to help folks yeah. transform a gas station to a battery center for cars? Um, or is it like laissez-faire, hands off? We'll see what happens. Because I feel like they're going to have to step in and do something. This infrastructure is not going to build itself out of private no. dollars no. to support the public mainstream moving in that direction so who are they going to help and how i don't know and and it's going to cost money Mm -hmm. and where's that money going to come from the taxpayers and and maintenance i'm assuming maintenance um, yeah charging stations and even figuring out battery yeah um technology i think that's going to probably cost a lot until we get more figured out too it will it will um the last point i put on here was we're focusing on still a very car dominant country we're going to put a lot of money into this we're going to have to if it's going to work and yet public transportation like high speed rail not anywhere in the works or even like i'm thinking back to chicago um and like bridges and and things the, like yeah the actual yeah, infrastructure of a country they talk well they talk about not having enough money to fix yeah. it up the way they want and need for public transit let alone <laughs> to expand it and make it better not just in um higher socioeconomic status neighborhoods but everywhere so i'm thinking about like just your point public transit isn't being cared for the way it could and what if we want to expand that and make that more accessible now we're going to be pouring in all these resources to a different type of transportation but per your point that's still car reliant it's car reliant and it's um i mean this is america we we let the auto industry sort of dictate how our cities are built and their cities are for cars right now Mm -hmm. and um uh pedestrians are second so none of this uh is going to improve the actual transportation infrastructure of this country at least the public transportation infrastructure unfortunately um but back to the ice ban um uh, or the gas-powered car ban a few states are signing on um how do you think let's sort it out um what are your initial thoughts we've gone through uh, the context a little bit uh, of the implications um if you were a governor of one of these states, um, is this something you would sign on to and say, yeah, we're going to do this? Um, I think yes. And there's so many parts of me like, this is impossible. Have you yeah, thought yeah. this through? What about this? But I think this is one of those things that if you wait until you have it figured out and then you're like, okay, now we're ready to put this in place five years from now. That's a good you've point. lost so much, much time. time. Yeah. Um, there's going to be so much figuring this out as we go. And I think that, I mean, I know some of the states vary, but it seems like there was a lot of practicality in like, hey, it's not going to be, we're not going to ban used cars. This is going to be over time. Hopefully there are incentives and subsidies that help make it more accessible. Yeah. Hopefully they're working with the industry to help them think through what is this needs, what needs to happen to make yeah. this more accessible. Yeah. So for those reasons, it feels like 
it's not like um a pipe dream like yeah make that happen go and there's been no thought to it it does feel if that happens i'm i'm impressed if that happens and i'm like there's a lot of other things we can have in my 2035 too let's let's handle business but i think yeah if i were a governor i um you'd be forward thinking with what i know with what i know about it i would be inclined to support this yeah what about you um let me think about this i think the society needs sort of like a goal that they're aiming for to get them on track like you said if if we don't aim for that we might it might be too late by the time we try to implement it effectively by that and we've lost 10 15 years so at least get folks accustomed to this idea that by 2035 most new cars are going to be ev it, it gets manufacturers um you know a date that they need to work on their battery range that they need to work on their affordability um a whole slew of things that the manufacturers will have to be ready for where are they going to source all the batteries from mm-hmm. we're already, we're having a hard time sourcing the batteries now mm-hmm. that's a good point and um you know we're have you seen some of these uh, places that mine the material for batteries? It's it's not it's not good. It's not good. It's uh, it looks looks like slave labor. Quite honestly, um, I mean, it, talking about dying, all, all all these things that we we don't know where it comes from. We just know when we go to the store, it's nice and shiny, and the iPhone, this and that. That material comes from somewhere, and people are digging it up. So, well, wait, wait, that's a really good point because as we talk about making this accessible and affordable for more Americans, Americans, yeah, at what cost? At what cost? And where do we draw the line and say, but like, we are not going to allow people to be in horrible working conditions or not fairly compensated for their labor in order to bring down the cost of this car? Like, it has to be a profits cut, not a materials cut. Then it won't happen. I know, but because the company's like, "No, nah, forget it. I'm not going to invest in something. I'm not going to make money on." No one. If you're thinking we're going to do this from an altruistic standpoint, it ain't happening. But then, but then we're advocating for more people to be working yeah. in those harmful conditions so that I know um, Californians here, but Americans can can drive cars, can have cars. Yeah. So, uh, man, I know it's great. It, 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 who knows if it actually solves anything in terms of global warming because the energy it takes to make these batteries, the the labor it takes to mine the material to make the batteries. Uh, I haven't gone into detail about the impacts on the environment. And I also mean human environment, like on humans, if that's a good thing or not. Mm-hmm. But they're going that route. Um, I'm sure... I'm sure there are reports that exist. I have not read them. Probably, either. but there's probably. I mean, they wouldn't be doing this if they're. This, yeah. That, well, like we hope, but then sometimes. That we we hope, and, and yeah, I, I think overall, electric vehicles are probably better for the environment than ICE cars, and and certainly better than like some of the trucks that are being driven here in Oklahoma. Those, uh, some of the diesel ones, and just these massive tanks that people are driving. Yeah definitely better for the environment but what's it gonna take to get there and that's my only concern so i would i would be inclined to sign on to it but i gotta make sure that one my citizenry is able to afford it that um it can for 
like the middle class and lower middle class and low income folks that they're able to get a car. So if the manufacturers can't make it affordable, then the government has to make it affordable through subsidies, which is kind of what they're doing right now. You get like what a $7,000 rebate on a nice car or a electric vehicle. Um, some of the manufacturers have some incentives. It'll lower the cost initially. The good thing is that although uh electric vehicles are more expensive up front even with the subsidies i believe they're still a little bit more expensive um the overall cost of ownership is significantly lower so in three years of owning a gas-powered car and an electric car including insurance maintenance gas and all that the electric car is actually cheaper but it's that initial hurdle of that initial yeah getting getting access to it that's the, the biggest challenge well, it'll also be interesting. Um, I'm guessing there's not much of a used market no. for electric cars right now because they're just not there's not that many of them, and people haven't rotated onto a new one. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see once we do have those infiltrate the used market. What does that mean, and what are price points, and how does that, in and of itself, also open up accessibility? Yeah, the used car market um, is going to be key because even the even now for gas powered cars, the used car market is central for affordability especially in those uh lower income brackets um but again we're not there with the technology yet maybe in 12 years we are but i'd be leery of buying a used electric vehicle just because i know that the the battery the the main it's like the drivetrain of the car in oh, oh no it's not a train it's a car <laughs> The drivetrain is the engine and transmission, and and get in electric vehicles is the battery. So here you can like, oh, I'm gonna replace the alternator, or there's a gasket that was blown. I'll replace that, or uh, a whole bunch of parts that you can replace and keep the car going. With an electric car, it's the battery. So yes, you have less parts to fix, but once you need to fix the one part kind of crucial it is crucial and expensive very expensive we're talking about 12 15 no no depending on the card maybe twenty thousand dollars for a battery do we even really know the um like shelf life of hybrid cars have they been around with like regular whatever that is typical usage yes yeah. to know like how many we, pro- we don't know yet until, yeah we don't yeah we haven't been that long no yeah when it can feed into a used market and how long that market is sustainable yeah once the cars yeah yeah it'll be interesting but um as i was saying i want to make sure that my my if i was a governor my constituents will be able to afford it um and that my power grid is going to be able to handle all those electric vehicles hooked up to it and if not if either of those two things aren't true then I want to make sure that one, we're working towards it. But if it becomes increasingly clear, we won't be ready to have flexibility in our whatever policy or legislation that we can move back the date because I could see this being a total disaster, total disaster for affordability, for our preparedness to be ready for these cars. Yeah. But I would be, I'm signing on. I'm signing on, but I want to be very cautious and judicious about it. Like a disaster when Domino's had that 30 minutes or like, was it Domino's? Like Pizza Hut? 
I can't remember, but it was yeah. one of those like 30 minutes or less. And then people started getting in accidents, the pizza drivers, because there was so much pressure for them to take the pizza. So they had to like take it back. Like, never mind. We're not doing that anymore. We've got to do it. Like, let's Oops. not rush this. It's not 2035 or bust. Like, let's move forward, but let's do it responsibly. Uh, and so they, the, the 30 minutes or less is gone? Yeah. Really? Yeah. People people got in a lot of car accidents and were hurt. There was a big lawsuit. Um, oh, wow. Was, yeah. That's true. I mean, we we do things and like the unintended consequences of of our things. Like that one time where was it Grubhub or Uber Eats or something guaranteed uh, like you get a free lunch in New York City for a certain day. Like anybody. Oh, that's true. And um, they didn't warn the business owners, the drive like. It, it it crumbled. People ordered and didn't get their food for like four or five hours. Like two successful marketing <laughs> campaigns. You tell me I'm gonna get a free lunch. I mean, it, it, it's ridiculous. You 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 publish this. You know, free lunch. Just order it. Um, but anyway, so um, we are both signing on, but we want to make sure that our infrastructure is ready to go and that people can afford it. Is that is that the gist of the sorting out for for this? Yep. Uh, by the way, I gotta add this. Wyoming, Wyoming. So the political aspect of this is ridiculous. Wyoming plans uh, in response to New York and messages in Oregon. Wyoming plans to ban the sale of electric vehicles by 2035 in an effort to maintain the oil and uh, gas powered car industries. Yes, Wyoming. I see, them, I see them taking a stance. <laughs> I uh, don't understand that stance, so I'd like to read more. Yeah, the same state that's got the population of maybe one city block in New York City is uh, is uh, demanding this uh, put an end to it. So I'm sure the auto manufacturers are shaking in their boots at the threat of Wyoming. <laughs> blocking them out from the state i mean this is for some americans like what wyoming is a state <laughs> sorry wyoming uh my listeners in wyoming if you are out there yeah. uh we are thinking about a house in wyoming at some point in the future so we maybe may... <laughs> no, I, can't... I can't plug my my tesla oh, we would never get a tesla um okay um Let's move on then uh, to the closing segment. We got the book of questions. Um, Kay, uh, take us away. All right. This is, this is probably one you've heard before, but we haven't talked about it. Okay. If you were handed an envelope with the date of your death inside and you knew you could do nothing to alter your fate, would you look? <sighs> Holy cow. So repeat that, please. <laughs> If you were handed an envelope with the date of your death inside and you knew you could do nothing to alter your fate, would you look? So we're assuming the date is accurate. We're assuming you can't change anything to change that date. And nothing about how it's going to be. And it's nothing about how. No details about how. Just would when the date is. Um, so, one, we know we're going to die. I think that is a fair... Uh Unless AT anti-aging science hey. can be advanced. Hey, call back to uh, episode two. Um, <laughs> We're still going to die. Oh, we still, still going to die, but not uh, at 75. Um, would I open up the book or the date? Uh, let, me, let me think about it for a minute. Do you have an answer? I think my answer is no. No, okay. Mm -hmm. No for you. Um, 
do tell? Because um, I think I th- oh, we, we've alluded to this before, but I think death actually gives life a lot mm-hmm. of meaning. And there's something about <laughs> there's something about not knowing. Yeah. Um, that is just like a natural reminder. Not that I'm good at it every day, but when I do think about it, it's like ah, think about the big picture. Like, stop sweating the small stuff. That's what helps me when I feel anxious or overwhelmed. It's like, is this bigger? Is this little big picture, little picture? So I feel like knowing that I'm going to die and not knowing when or how makes me appreciate life, even when life is um given me a difficult moment to to go through so for me that mystery helps helps me stay grounded yeah um i was leaning towards opening it um because it's just going to allow me to know how much time i have left and um depending on that what to prioritize if i have five years left i can't go get a phd I, yes, you can. Well, instead of spending it with you or our our family, or I'll study with you. <laughs> <laughs> if you want a PhD, I support that. Okay, so I'll get my PhD in five years, and then okay, well, that was fun. I could be traveling you the world, tripping off the stage, and that's that's how <laughs> you know. <laughs> i die at the diploma ceremony graduation oh that's funny um i st- i think i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, this is where we we usually align but i don't think we're gonna align on this one i would open the book and i would say yeah let me see just because i want to know what is achievable in my life what the, whatever i have left and what is not um, there is the danger that, hey, now that you know you have another 40 years left, eh, well, I can sort of take it easy or lose that value of life. You're right. Even though I know it's coming, I know when it's coming. So like, oh, I can do this. And I got plenty of time to do this or that. Um, so you lose a little bit of that. You don't know what happens tomorrow. So appreciate every day. Like, well, I know what happens tomorrow and for the next 40 years, assuming. Um, I know what'll happen, or at least I know I'll be here. So you lose a little bit of that, but in the same time, you also gain valuable information. Like if I want to tour the world or see certain things or accomplish certain things, now I can determine if I can and when I can do that and have a better plan my life. I guess you can still do all the planning, but now you don't know because I, I can embark, like I said, on a PhD and then die in three days or die in a year midway through it when I could have been traveling, when I could have been spending the last of my days on earth experiencing new things, spending with my family, buying things I've always wanted to buy because I don't need to save for retirement anymore. I can just waste all my money that I have now. Okay, so those things make sense to me, but two things stand yes. out. Like one, does that give you a false sense of, oh, now I understand what to expect on my life? Because, okay, if you die in 40 years, that doesn't mean that you're not going to have a car accident and have um, 
and lose a limb, which changes your quality. So of I could still. Your money. So you're saying so I'll you're die like, four years, but it'll be bad. No, I'm saying so. It's like, oh, you think you know how to spend your money? Okay, I see what you're saying. Like, I don't have to worry about retirement. things are it's still like, unpredictable. Or you know, or maybe a family member needs some support along mm -hmm. the way. So like, it gives almost this false sense of like, okay, I know my life for 40 years. I know how to handle my life now. But like, do you? There's still a lot of other unknowns, unknowns. which actually combats my like the mystery of death is what gives you value like no there's a lot of mysteries yeah but um my other question is if you knew the date though would you be able to keep yourself from obsessing over it because i think i would Oof. i would think about it all the time even if it was 40 yeah. years from now i'd be thinking about it uh, yeah like well that's one last day one last day but with or without it's the date <laughs> I mean, with or without the date it's still one last day one last day yeah. um but you're right i would be obsessing about it um, I would too. I think I would. I do have a unhealthy obsession with like my impending death. I don't think it's an obsession. I think it's just something. It's not that an obsession, but it's something that I probably about. think more than, than regular folks. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this would make it worse. Yeah. Certainly, like oh, now I got an exact date. Um, having said all that, I, I think it'll prepare me for the future. So I would definitely take it. And, and look in, and and see the expiration date on my life. <laughs> Hopefully, um, if that is a a thing that happens, that I'm able to have a chance. It's long into the future. There's there's a lot I want to see and, and do. So, um, fingers crossed for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. It was a really good question. If you have a good answer for it, uh, please uh, feel free to email us at sort it out at silverlandproductions.com. Um, we want to once again thank all of our listeners uh, for another, you know, another opportunity to uh, listen to us. Any closing thoughts, LMK? No, just a reminder, please send those emails because we're going to be reading them. It really does help us think about things differently. And, um, yeah. And there would be an opportunity for us to bring that back to future shows. So t take a minute and drop please. us a line. We're looking for our first email uh, into the podcast. Uh, so be the first and give us a topic or give us a viewpoint from one of the conversations we had, um, or what have you, um, maybe tips on making this more engaging if you need it. Um, anything, uh, we'd love to hear from, from all of you. Um, okay. Well, once again, sort it out at silverlandproductions.com is our email. Um, and we will, uh, see you on the next one. Uh, please do not forget to uh, uh, drink your water and take your steps because those are very crucial. <laughs> <laughs> on to the next one. See you later. Bye. Sorting It Out is a Silverland Productions podcast. You can catch this and future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service, or at our website at silverlandproductions.com.